Hi, good morning, good day, whatever time it is you're listening. Welcome to God's in 30 Minutes today. And this is the second episode for the year. Um, we'll just dive right in, so let's pray. Father, we receive scales falling off our eyes and off our hearts as your word, which is light, floods our heart and establishes us and strengthens us in all of your will. Amen. Amen. But sometimes people ask, why is your prayer that short? Why is your prayer that pre-planned? Well, usually I have a camp prayer praying church. I have what I pray when I want to teach. But then as we as we was planning and preparing for God's word in 30 minutes, and if you, if you listen to the trailer, there's a particular prayer that I prayed after I spoke in tongues at the end of the trailer. And that has become the prayer that I'll pray every time we're going to go through God's word in 30 minutes because that's what God wants to do with God's word in 30 minutes, all right? Scales falling off, light falls on the heart established and strengthened in all of the will of god so last time out we began to look into the a study i actually want us to do something a bit more verbose a bit more robust and we will but somehow as i began i was i was should i say i, I tended towards certain things and i would just continue from there um, the christian and east bible and I said last time out, I said that the Bible is the article of faith. And because it is where we find our most holy faith, like Jude says in um, Jude, in chapter, Jude 1 chapter in verse 20, where oftentimes we quote when we want to talk about praying in tongues, when it says, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. So Jude calls our faith the most holy faith. So the Bible is the book that, we, that presents to us and wherein we find evidence and facts and details about our faith which is the most holy faith, which is our most holy faith. And every other conviction that we have in our hearts, every other truth that we believe must, fa- must have evidence in the scriptures. Now, by this, I don't mean that every single thing that you believe in your life. So, I mean, we will say the human being has a brain. Say, I don't believe it. Why don't, I, why don't you believe it? I've never seen it in the Bible that the human being has a brain. No, don't be stupid. Uh, with all due respect, that's not what I mean. But no, 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 don't do that. Uh, that would be that would be ignorance quoted in bible preference right you shouldn't do that there are certain things that the bible does not talk about now i'll kind of address that today or the next episode there are certain things that the bible does not talk about there are certain things that the bible has no conversation about but there are certain things that the bible has spoken about in fact the bible was written to present a certain truth we look at that hopefully in this series and so there is when when we say that all of your convictions must come from the scriptures. We mean convictions about things that the scriptures have spoken about. Let me say that again. When we say that all of your convictions must come from the scriptures, we refer to the things that the scriptures have spoken about. So if there is no scriptural truth about the matter, then you don't have Bible fact for that evidence. You must understand that when it comes to faith, faith is not... Faith is not um, faith is not just something you just have. Faith rest, faith does not rest on thin air. Faith does not rely on fallacy. Faith always always has facts. Faith always has certain things that it relies upon. Faith has information. All right. Faith has facts, and that's why I, I find it very funny when you meet people and they say that they do not believe there is a God, or they do not believe that. That Jesus died at all or from then, like the, the facts are there. Faith is not factless. All right. Faith just means that 
I have facts contradicting each other and I choose one. That's what faith is. So for instance, if there's a sickness in my body and I say that I believe that God's power would heal that sickness, I, that means that there, I can recognize that there's a sickness in my body, but I also recognize that there is a, there's another fact that states that God's power has the ability to heal me. That means that right now as I'm speaking, if there's anybody who's listening, tuned in at this moment and there's a sickness in your body, Right now, as I'm speaking, if you receive this for yourself, if you receive this for yourself, as I'm speaking right now, as, as you're listening to me, if there's a sickness in your body, I just said, God's power has the ability to deal with that sickness. So there's a fact that there's a sickness in your body, but there's, a, there's another fact that God's power has the ability to deal with the sickness in your body. And so you're going to determine which fact you're going to prefer over the other, which fact you're going to hold with more value which factor are going to hold more there to you over the other so which one would you speak i would say god's power is able to heal me and so if god's power is able to heal me then i'm going to rely on god's power for healing and then i'll say in the name of jesus i take my healing that's that's what i expect you to say if there's a sickness in your body whatever the sickness is whatever the disease is no matter how long it's been there in the name of jesus i take my healing for whatever it is now i speak as you listen in the name of Jesus, whatever sickness it is that is in your body right now, by the power in the name of Jesus, that sickness leaves as you receive the power of God into your body. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, so back to what I was saying. So the scriptures are reliable with respect to the things that the scriptures speak about. All right? So the, the Christian, when he holds his Bible, is not holding the book that teaches everything in the world is holding a book that points to a certain subject matter. And, and this is important because you must realize that every author has an intent or a message that he's trying to communicate in his writing, except it's a book that it's a, that's a compilation of many thoughts. That's a different ballgame entirely. But when you pick a book, any book, the author's, or author, whatever it may be, of the book, always have a desire and intent. They have something they want to communicate. And, and so when you pick that book to read it, there has to be that at the end of the book, you found out what the, in, in, um, in, the no, in novels is called the plot, what the plot of the book is, what, the, what exactly was being spoken about. If you pick any personal development book or self-development book or book on business or whatsoever, there are certain things that you find. There's things that you're looking for. For instance, it would be absurd for me to pick a, um, a further mathematics textbook and say that I want to, but that when I finish reading a further mathematics textbook and studying it and doing all the calculations in it, that I'll be vast with physics. That's ridiculous. As similar as, I mean, I mean they're, they're both sciences physics and further maths, but they are not the same. The, the bases and the calculation may have similar formulas, but they are not the same. And it's, it's worse off when I now say, oh, if I study the further mathematics textbook, then I should know biology. You shouldn't know biology. They're not the same. So the scriptures, 66 books put together as one, have a message. They have an intent. There's a reason why they were written. And so I said last time out, I said the scriptures become the place, the book, where all our convictions are formed. And the reason is because they present to us our most holy faith. All right? And, and I'll, I'll pick up from there. I'll just talk about the fact that the scriptures have a message. 
that this book was not written, written to be multi-purpose. I'll say that again. When you pick your Bible, the Bible was not written to be a multi-purpose book. Now, do not get me wrong. Would there be issues in your life that you would pick up the Bible and find answers to just by reading the scriptures? Yes. But that doesn't mean that the scriptures were written for that intent. I hope you understand what I mean. Um, let me give you a, a very good example that I often use. If you watch a movie, for instance, and there's the there's the protagonist, I think that's what those things are called, the, the, the lead actor or the key actor, and then and all the other things. Now, when you watch that movie, for instance, if you if you pick, um, I'm not a movie freak, so I, off my head, I really do not have movies to say. <laughs> but if you pick a movie to watch, and as you watch the movie, um, at the end of the movie, there, there's a certain thought that the, the writer of the script and the director of the movie and the actors, there's a certain thought in their heart, in their minds, that they're trying to communicate. In fact, I know for, for one that when... Um, screenings are being done for actors to get certain roles. They often look at how the actor acted and they say, oh, this person will probably fit this role better than this role because there's a, there's a mindset. There's something that is being, that they're trying to communicate. Now, when you see that movie, whatever movie it is, um, and that when you're done with the movie, there has to be something that you got from the movie. And there'll be other things, right? There'll be subplots here and subplots there. There'll be a short story here and a short story there in the two hours movie. But it would be ridiculous if at the end of two hours, you did not get what the writer of the script intended. You didn't get what the directors intended, what the actors acted out. And then you say, oh, it's something that happened in the second or the third scene in the movie. That that's, what, that's what caught my attention. That's the only thing that caught my attention. That would be a ridiculous thing to say, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Now, the same thing with the scriptures. Many believers speak their Bible and they say that when I open my Bible, I just look for any verse where God will speak to me from and I just go. Now, would God, do, would God walk with you with that? Yes, he will. He's a loving father. He will walk with you in your ignorance. Say that anyways. But God doesn't want you to stay there. And that's key. That's important. It's important for us to realize that ignorance is not a bad place. Ignorance becomes a bad place when you stay there for too long. <laughs> Ignorance is not a bad place because it means you really don't know. That means that you need to be taught. So it's a good place. That means that you're in a place where you need teaching, right? Good. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. It becomes bad when you're in that spot for too long, right? For too long. And so God's word is for your heart. I said that last week. I said that last, I said last week. Last time I wrote. God's word is for your heart. God's word is for your heart, right? Conviction to strengthen you and all of that. So let's dive right into the Bible. Why were the scriptures written? Would I be able to answer that in this short time? I am not so sure. But let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3 where we were the last time. I'm going to say this by the Spirit of God, and I don't know who, who is listening to this that's going to need this. But the Lord said to tell you that I will do it in my time. That's what the Lord said. I will do it in my time. There's a lot of hastiness, and there's a lot of rush. There's extra adrenaline that is pumping through your veins as you think about that particular thing. And as I'm speaking to you right now, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's not everybody. You know exactly what I'm talking about, who I'm talking to. And, and, and there's, there's a lot that you're trying to get done 
that's exactly what I'm seeing. I'm seeing you trying to do a lot of things. You're rushing here, and you're rushing there, you're picking from here, you're picking from there, and you're telling yourself that Solomon said to cast your bread upon many waters. You don't know where it's going to yield, and that's what you're trying to do. But nothing is yielding yet, and the Lord said to tell you, I will do it in my time. So what you're going to have to do is you're going to rest your heart, right? You're going to rest your heart. Isaiah says that those who, the blessed are those who trust in him, who place their faith in him, right? So you put your trust in him. You put your trust in him. Isaiah also says that he that has faith makes no haste. He shall not be in haste, right? So rest. Hallelujah. Rest. God's got it and he will do it in his time. So 2 Timothy 3 and 16. Um, all scripture is given by inspiration. We've got to read through the earlier verses the last time, so I just jumped right in. 2 Timothy 3 16. And all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, KJV says perfect, thoroughly equipped unto or for every good work. I'm reading from the NKJV. It says all scripture is given and is profitable for doctrine. I said last time around the word doctrine, there's a word that means teaching, all right? I'm going to avoid the Greek words and Hebrew words. Why do people do the Greek and Hebrew words? I'm going to avoid it as much as I can, except I really need to. But that word doctrine there is a word that means teaching, all right? So I told you last time around that the scriptures, that you can only make profits from the scriptures when the scriptures are taught. So there's the need for the scriptures to be taught. Now, if there's a need for the scriptures to be taught, what should be taught from the scriptures? That's, that's the question. All right, that's really the question. If the scriptures need to be taught, what should be taught from the scriptures? So it goes on to say, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction, for instruction in righteousness. Hold on, hold on, hold on. For doctrine, for reproof. The word reproof there is the word that should have been translated as evidence. All right, is what you use in the court of law when you present your evidences about a case. So the scriptures are profitable for teaching. In the teaching of the scriptures, you will find evidence. Evidence for what? Evidence for what is being taught. That is, the scriptures are a book that... The scriptures the scriptures are a book. <laughs> what, you understand what I mean? All the many books are one book. All right? The scriptures, all the many books, one book, and all of them self-validate themselves. So the, the Bible is a self-validating book. The Bible is valid because the Bible said it is valid. <laughs> How interesting. Say, no, that makes no sense. It does. It does. It does. The Bible is valid because it says it's valid. Because there are many portions that validate each other. Right? That, that's why we say things like that. The Bible is a self-validating book. So the scriptures and the evidence for the things that have been taught from the scriptures are in the scriptures, then it says when the evidence is found, then there is correction. All right? What, are you, what do you mean by correction? That is, we would be adjusting, changing ideas, um, correcting ideas and mentalities, opinions that we always did have. Then it says, for instruction in righteousness. Now, what instruction in righteousness there is training. In other words, let me say it like this. The scriptures were put together to the end that Men would be taught from the scriptures. Men would see evidence of what God is saying in the scriptures. And in seeing the evidences from the scriptures, they would, be, they would adjust their mindsets. They would correct themselves. They would change their disposition. Let me put it, let me say it again differently. God's intention 
God's intention is that dispositions will be changed, opinions and mindsets will be changed by the teaching of God's word. All right? So, and what would they, what would they be changed onto? They'll be changed onto the correct knowledge of God. Let's go to uh let's go to book of acts book of acts and chapter two acts and chapter two now in acts and chapter two this is peter just preached the sermon and um you know it preaches the holy ghost came down like we always say they all spoke in tongues and all the things that happened and men were all saying all sorts and peter had to stand up to preach and in if you notice, if you pay attention to Peter's sermon, Peter quoted extensively or taught extensively from the scriptures. By scriptures, I mean the books that were written before these other books were written. So the, in the Bible, if you have a good Bible, there's what is called the Old Testament and there's what is called the New Testament. I, I, although I, I usually don't agree with that um, distinction because first of all, the Old Testament and the New Testament are not books, all right? They are covenants, they are testaments. But what is called the Old Testament will basically be what, what we call Old Testament is Genesis to Malachi, and what we call New Testament is um, what we call New Testament is um, Matthew to Revelation, which is fine. But you need to understand that test, the testaments are covenants in reality. They are not these books. But other side, <clears throat> so Peter takes from what we call the Old Testament, and he, and he explains things to them. And Peter is telling them, the things that we are doing, if, because of, we have just 30 minutes, I really cannot do all of that to go right. But like I said, the, the aim of God's Word in 30 minutes is to, for you to give, for you to have things to think about through the day, right, and through the week. So if you go through Peter's sermon, you find out that Peter is, they, they, they said these guys are drunk, and Peter goes to what he says, what is being what what they are seeing and is addressing those issues. Says, We're not drunk, as you suppose. This is the third hour of the day. But this is that was spoken by the prophet Joel, and then he quotes Joel, then he explains Joel, then he talks about Jesus risen, and he quotes David, and he explains David, and then says David is dead and buried. You see, he used the scriptures to give evidence to the teaching of the word of God to the end that words. Look at it, look at it, look at it, look at it. What was the end? What was the goal of Peter's sermon? And he says here, look at, uh, thank you, Lord Jesus. In verse, I wish, what do I, 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 I do not want to take your time while reading this. In verse 36, it says, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God had made these Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And when they heard this, they caught they were caught to the house and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men are brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter says, Repent and be baptized. Repent, repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And do, I want you to pay attention to what he says exactly. He says, Repent and let every one of you be baptized. You see, that word repent is to change the mindset that you have. Change your mindset. Repent. Repent. That is, he's talking to people who knew the law and the practices of the law, who were practicing those things. So he's saying, 
change how you think. In other words, God's word is first of all for repentance. That it would adjust and correct our thoughts and opinions primarily about God than about every other thing. I'll say that again. God's word is for repentance. That it would change our opinions primarily about God and then about every other thing. God's word will change our opinion about every other thing. But first of all, God's word will change our opinion about God, about his thoughts, about his heart, about his disposition towards humanity. Right? So God's word is to change the disposition of the man. So Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy, and he says that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished. This is the man of God is a preacher. Well, you can call the man of God a preacher. You can also call the man of God any man. Right? Any man who is listening to the teaching of the scriptures. All right? So you can say that the man of God is the preacher. You can also say the man of God is any man who is listening to the teaching of the scriptures. So he says, all scriptures given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness. Don't forget I said that word instruction is training in righteousness. Or we can put it differently. We can say the right training or training correctly or the right kind of training. All scripture right, is given by the inspiration of God to the end that men are trained by the teaching of the word. Come on. To the end that men are trained by the teaching of the word. So God's word, listen to this, listen to this. God's word is not for you to just read it. God's word is not just for you to hear the teaching. God's word is to the end that you are trained in righteousness. It says that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That is, God's word is to affect your life. But it begins by changing how you think. It begins by changing your disposition or rather your predisposition. What God wants to do with his word is that he wants to change your mindset. He wants to introduce the knowledge of himself into your heart by his word. And when he does introduce the knowledge of himself into your heart by his word, then he would now revamp how you think. Because now that you know him, your mindset changes. And that's really the goal of the teaching of God's word. Every time you hear God's word taught, listen to this, Every time you hear God's word taught, God is coming for your heart. Ah, but Pastor, for Eric, every, I've heard people say, Eric, I've heard people say things like, uh, the Bible teaches salvation. Salvation is the reason for the scriptures. Yes, it is. But don't be short-sighted to think. That every time we say that the Bible, the Bible teaches salvation, which I would, I would lay emphasis on the next time, I, I believe I trust God. Every time we say that the Bible teaches salvation, we don't mean that it simply teaches the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That would be a lie. <laughs> that would be a lie. When we say that the scriptures teach salvation, which is through faith in Christ, you must understand that that context is not limited to the information that gets a man saved, it includes the information that matures the man. So salvation that Jesus brought forth is not just to the end that the man is saved. It includes that the mind of the man is transformed by the teaching of the word. Hallelujah. It includes that. Look at this. In Titus, Titus and chapter 2. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Titus in chapter 2. 
I start to wrap up now. You know, God's only 30 minutes is the one place where, as a preacher, when I say I start to wrap up, I really need to start to wrap up. <laughs> oh, my, 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 my. I may start to close. So God's word, right, is for training, to correct the mindset of the man, to change the predisposition in his heart so that he will know God and by the knowledge of God, then he will, it will affect every other thing. Look at Titus chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God, Titus 2, 11, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us. Look at this. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. What salvation? Jesus died and rose from the dead. Yes. So that's the grace of God. The grace of God is the what God gave. So the giving of God brought salvation. What God gave, John 3, 16, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish without everlasting life. So what God gave has brought salvation. Then he says, the same, that, that thing that brought salvation, that act of God that got us saved, that act of God that we believe, by which we are born again, that act of God teaches us. You said, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteousness and godly in the present age. Look at verse 14, talking about Jesus, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify us, purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Hey, 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 how is he doing this? Don't forget what we saw prior in 2 Timothy chapter 3, when he says that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly furnished, equipped for every good work. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Look at what he says here. He says, teaching us. So in other words, when I pick the scriptures to read, the scriptures talk about the work of Jesus, right? Salvation through faith in Christ. We saw the last, we saw the last time out. Salvation through faith in Christ includes the training of the man to walk in the walk of the Lord. It includes training the man to deny ungodliness. It includes training the man to deny God to, to deny worldly lust. It includes training the man to live soberly, righteously, and godly. It includes it. So it says when you say the so when you read the scriptures, everything you find in the scriptures will not be. Jesus died for your sins. Jesus died for your sins. You'll find things like training, instruction, correction, evidence that the man would live godly, that the man would deny ungodliness, that the man would deny worldly loss. So the training, God's word is given for the training of the man. Now that the man has received God's word, it's given for the training of the man. So why do we listen to God's word? Because there's a training for our hearts. That only God's word can provide. I'll say that again. Why do we listen to God's word? There's a training for our hearts, for our lives, that only God's word can provide. It will shape us. All right? It will shape us. It says, Paul tells Timothy, he says that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped, equipped. It will equip us. It will shape us. It will remove. It will remove all the debris and everything that should not be. And it will change our mindset. It will realign our focus. It will realign our desires. It will adjust all the things that we do because that's what God wants. God wants men who are zealous for good works, but He's going to get that done by the teaching of His Word. And so you see Jesus come to the earth, God in the flesh. 
and he spent time and time teaching the word. You see the apostles. Look at Acts in chapter 2 again. Look at Acts in chapter 2 again. Just, just so you see this. Acts 2. Again, ah, I have to close. And look at this in verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. So the folks that got saved, the 3,000 of them, now stayed at Jerusalem and they continued steadfastly in the things that the apostles taught. Right? And fellowship. So that means that after they heard the gospel and they believed the gospel, they now sat down and were being taught. You go through the four gospels, the, the book of Acts, and you find that consistent, that disciples were made. What did Jesus say? Go into all the world, make disciples, students of every nation. God's word is to make a student out of you. A student of the heart of God, the mind of God, the thoughts of God, the plans of God, the intents of God, the purpose of God, the will of God, the ways of God, so that you can walk in that walk as a child of God in truth, where God's word influences your heart entirely and you are transformed by the very word of God. I pray for you today that your heart is open to the training that is, that is found in God's word. Your heart is open to the correction that you will find in God's word. Your heart is open to the evidence you will find in God's word. Your heart is open to the correction, instruction, and the nurturing that is in God's word for you so that you will be thoroughly equipped, complete and furnished unto every good work. Have a blessed day and see you next time. Goodbye.